This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast about how to find concrete, manageable ways to make our lives happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This week, we'll talk about why you should stop over-consulting, a problem for both of us, And we'll discuss a hack that makes it easier to exercise. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, outer order, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, we have some great sisterly adventures coming up. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And yes, Gretch, I'm getting so excited for our live shows. We're going to be in New York City, Milwaukee, Detroit, and Minneapolis. Our disembodied voices will be live on stage. (laughs) Yeah. Now, some of the shows are sold out or just about sold out. um, But I know like with Milwaukee and Detroit, please come bring your friends. Um, You can get all the info at uh, GretchenRubin.com slash events. And of course, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Yeah, Gretchen, we have to get our outfits planned. <laughs> yes. Very important. Yes, yes, yes. We have so much to uh, to get ready. Um, now, Elizabeth, this week our Try This at Home tip is don't over-consult. Yes, this is a big one. I can't believe it's taken us 217 <laughs> episodes to get to this. Yes. Uh, now, I realize that I have been over-consulting uh, probably since day one, um, and mostly with Jamie, mostly with my husband. And what I realized is that when I over-consult, I'm trying to spare myself decision fatigue by talking things through or asking him to consult with me when, in fact, I should just make the call. Like, I often will say to him, what time should I leave for the airport when Mm -hmm. I'm traveling by myself? It's like, or what time should I run this errand on the weekend? Because I just don't want to (laughs) bother figuring it out. And so I sort of try to foist it off on him. I'm consulting on something that really just doesn't need to be consulted with. I do this with Adam, and it drives him absolutely crazy, Gretch. Now, what form does it take with you? 
Um, a lot of times it'll be like, well, what time do you want to have dinner Friday night? Or yeah. where do you want to go to dinner with so-and-so Saturday night? Or um, what flight should I book? You yeah. know, what time? And so many of these decisions I could just easily make on my own. Yeah. Um, because also I often have an answer that I want. And then mm. if he doesn't give me the answer that I want, I keep asking. And that's where he really gets driven mad. Because, because in fact, you're not really asking. You're just wanting him to like, okay, a decision that you've already made. Yes, exactly. Especially like with plane flights. It's, it's ridiculous on my part because... I always know he's going to want to take the later flight. Whatever I present him with, he'll always want to take the later flight. And I usually want to take the earlier flight. So now I will say in that one area, I have stopped consulting him. And I just either get the later flight because I know he'll want it. Or if I really care about getting somewhere earlier, I'll just book the earlier flight. Right. Right. Well, it's funny because somehow somehow it feels right to consult. Um, it seems mm -hmm. like a good thing to do, even when the other person doesn't appreciate it or is even annoyed by it. Somehow it feels like a good gesture. The other interesting thing, what I do, Gretch, is sometimes, and I just realized I did this this weekend, is I'll ask him something, he'll give an answer, and then I'll ask again because I'm still just like double checking that he like there is these um, kind of metal glasses, eyeglasses, like a little sort of sculptural thing we were going to buy. I said, do you like this for our shelf? And he's like, yeah. And I said, so I should get it. And he said, yeah. And I said, OK. And then like when I went up to the cash register, I said to him, so should we get this? He's like, I already said. Oh, yes. right, 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 right. Um, and I don't know. I just feel the need to like triple consult. Well, do you think it's do you think it's coming from a place of trying to be considerate or accommodating? Or is it more like or, or do we need to reexamine this? Do we want to double check and like make sure we're not doing something impulsively when we want to be thoughtful? Like, where is it coming from, do you think? Yeah, I think um, it feels like I'm trying to be accommodating, but I think it's a lot of it is the anxiety of decision making. Like, I'm just not sure. And so I want someone else to share in the decision making burden. And because I'm not sure, I sort of assume he's not sure, but he is sure. He's like, there's so many decisions in life. Once we make one, let's just have it made and never talk about it again. Whereas I could talk about a decision like a dozen times. Well, see, I feel like for me, it's about, it is about decision making. Like I, I don't want to have to figure it out. I want him to figure it out. But it's like he doesn't mm -hmm. want to figure it out either. It's like why should he have to figure out when I need to leave for right. Newark Airport if I'm leaving? And it's a Friday morning, but it's seven thirty a.m. And so, you know, it's like you yeah. have to sit down and be like, well, I keep going across the West Side, but it's before traffic and then what would it be? you know it's just tiresome so i'm like i would like him to do it but like he doesn't want to do it you know and and so yeah. i feel like i over consult as a way to pull him in um and one thing that's interesting is sarah i feel like doesn't mind this so mm. i feel like i over consult with sarah as well but i don't feel like it bothers her the way it bothers Adam. I feel like she and i are used to just discussing every little detail in life so it seems 
much more natural. We'll be like, well, what time should we leave for that meeting? Well, if we leave at four, ah, we'll get there at this yes. time. Maybe we should leave at 345. And then if we're early, we can get coffee or whatever, you know. So you're used so to I talking it like, out with her yes. with, in that context. Yes. Yeah, so I think that kind of bleeds into Adam. But I really am going to try to be better about this because it truly drives him nuts. Well, but it's, this is a good example, though, of like, because it doesn't bother you. It's right. hard to to even if you can kind of intellectually appreciate that it's bothersome to somebody else, you don't feel it the way that you would feel it if it was something that truly bothered you. Because actually, I think you kind of like talking these things through. For you, it's kind yes. of reassuring and it's just like a way to have touch points. Um, but see, it's interesting because for you, you want to stop over consulting because it bothers Adam, which is very considerate. I want to stop over consulting because it, it bothers me. Um, it kind of bothers Jamie, I think, but he sort of just really ignores it. But what happens is that huh. Jamie won't answer or like, I'll say, what time, mm. what restaurant should we go to? Or should we go to this party or whatever? And then, but because he doesn't answer, it slows me down because I'm now, instead of just making a call one way or another, I'm like waiting to hear from him. And then that gets mm -hmm. me annoyed and resentful. But then I think when I, now when I find myself getting ready to ask him a question, I'm like, why am I asking at all? Is this something where I don't need to consult? I could just make the call. And then I won't resent him for not answering in a timely way because I don't need him to answer. Yeah. And what I should remember is when I don't consult, I can just make whatever decision I want to make and get my way. Yes. I mean, I do think that that is something that is worth thinking about. If you are mm -hmm. a person, if you're annoyed by someone consulting you all the time, just be aware that a likely consequence, as we have just mm -hmm. shown, is that they will stop consulting you, which you might like because you won't be peppered with questions, but you might not like it as much because you don't get a chance. They're not opening the door for you to weigh in. Yes. So there is there is an uh, there is a downside to not being consulted. Yeah. But the thing is, one of the reasons why I think this is hard is that there are some things that need to be discussed, even if somebody doesn't want to like sometimes you just it's not. It's not responsible or appropriate to not consult right. someone. If it's finances, if it's parenting, it's like we do need to discuss this. We do need to consult each other and like have a meeting of the minds. Some things do need to be discussed, but then some things don't. And so it's like, right. where is that line? Yeah. And Gretchen, um, one thing by not over consulting, it will probably be easier to discuss the things that do need to be discussed. No, because there will be fewer times when I'm like, OK, I want to sit down and talk about camp this summer. You know, no, I mean, I think that's um, a really important point because you sort of burn through someone's goodwill. If you're constantly yeah. saying, let's talk about this, let's talk about this. It's like they're going to be like, I don't want to talk about it. Whereas if you pick your pick your moments, then that person, as you say, will probably have like more patience for it, more bandwidth for it because they'll feel like, OK, I get it. Why we need to talk about this? And I don't feel like I'm just constantly being consulted on things where I don't need to know or don't need, don't want to weigh in or it's already asked and answered or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I bet so many people are going to realize they do this. Yes. I've never even thought about it. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's easy to do it without realizing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let us know if you do try this at home and whether refraining from over consulting works for you. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at .com, Or as always, go to the show notes. This is happiercast.com slash 217 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we've got a happiness hack that makes working out more convenient. But first, this break. 
The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And here's a great happiness hack about exercise, something that we all want to hack. Hi, Gretchen and Elizabeth. Greetings from Raleigh, North Carolina. This is Anna. And one of my happiness hacks, which is also a health hack for me, is not being a morning person um, and with my New Year's resolution steam kind of slowing down. Um, one of the things that's helped me is with my workout clothes, once I take them out of the dryer, since they go in dirty as an outfit, I fold them and put them away clean as an outfit. So, for example, instead of putting all the yoga pants together and all the shirts together, what I do is as I pull them out of the dryer, I put the outfits back together and roll them up and put them in a drawer standing up, which includes the socks. So all I have to do is grab a bundle and throw it in my gym bag and know that I have everything. Or if I'm working out in the morning and I'm half asleep because I haven't had coffee, I know just by grabbing that bundle, I have everything. I don't have to think. And it cuts down on me talking myself out of working out that morning. So I hope this helps. Hope you guys are doing well. And I'll continue listening and talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Bye. I think this is a great idea because I've realized in other areas of my life that sometimes I would put things away where I thought they went, even though it was Mm. actually 
less convenient to access them. And that when you think about putting things away according to how you use them, not according to some sort of ab- abstract categories. Yeah. Uh, um, I think this is so smart. Yeah, just me. And I love that she puts the socks yeah. with it too, because I feel like I'm constantly rooting around for socks. And so to have the socks with the outfit makes it just that much more convenient. Well, and this is the strategy of convenience. In the book, Better Than Before, I talk about the 21 strategies that you can use to make or break your habits. And the strategy of convenience is one of the most powerful and most universal strategies. It works for just about everyone. And there's all kinds of hilarious research showing that if you make things even the teensiest, tiniest bit more convenient or inconvenient, you will affect people's behavior. Like my favorite example is on a salad bar, if people have to use tongs instead of a spoon, mm. they take less food because it's just like that much harder to use a tong- use tongs. And here, like she says, it's it's like, it's the morning. I'm not a morning person. I haven't had my coffee. I'm trying to get myself going. Just having this thing at the ready, you know, from being yeah. fully formed, fully assembled um, could be enough to just tip you into that direction. Yeah, just recently, Gretch, I was madly packing to go out of town for a few days, and I brought workout clothes. I got there and realized I didn't bring any sports bras. Yes. But had I had my outfits together rolled up like she's talking about, I would have just taken two outfits out and put them in, and I would have been fully prepared. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I think it's also a reminder. It's kind of like a ta-da list because as you have a bundle, you're like, it's reminding you, I do exercise. Here's, I just used these last week. I just used these two days mm-hmm. ago. And so I think it's also reinforcing this idea of like, I'm using these things. Here's my bundle. I'm all ready because I use these. The way that they've been pulled together is because they've been used for exercise before. It's interesting though, just reflecting on this, I realized I did this without realizing it. Um, so I send out book plates and signature cards, which you can request. If you just email me mm-hmm. at Gretchen at GretchenRubin.com, book plates for people to put in their books. And I used to have like the envelopes in one place, the return address label somewhere mm. else, the signature cards and book plates somewhere else, like my stack of pens somewhere else. I mean, not very far apart, but they were like all in their own separate thing. And then I got a box and made it like a full a thing where I could just pull the box off the shelf and I would have everything that I needed. And then I need to replenish Ah. the box. But it's sort of a fully assembled package for me to like sit down and do like do it. And it's funny, it just made it that much more like convenient and it just felt less burdensome. But then I'd like go ahead and get sit down. I'm like, oh, wait, I forgot to get signature cards and I'd have to pop up and get it. It's like the more we make it simple and assemble everything that we need, the easier it is to follow through. And then over time, I feel like that just, we just stick to our good habits so much more easily. Yes. So thank you, Anna. Great hack. So Elizabeth, here is a know yourself better question. Um, When you are upset, are you feeling it more in your head or more in your body? Mm, Interesting. Um, Well, I think I'm definitely a racing thoughts person. Right. So feeling it in your head could be like racing thoughts um, when you like can't get out of a thought spiral. Um, Interesting question whether not being able to fall asleep is something that's in your head Mm. or in your body, because it definitely feels like it's in your head, but maybe it's in your body. Whereas I think people who feel it more in their body, they have like the churning stomach, the terrible headache, the feel like their back seizes up. 
I definitely jaw. jaw. I definitely, even though I feel like I'm a head person, I get a tight jaw for sure. Although that is part of my head, so maybe that counts. Right. Well, it's interesting. I mean, I think it is kind of a false dichotomy. To it's kind of a false choice between the body and the mind because they are so inextricably intertwined. But um, but you do sort of feel it more in one way or the other. But also, when you're really nervous, you have the thing where your hands shake. So that's kind yes. of like your body is expressing something from, mm -hmm. you know, it's coming out in your body. So I guess I have the unfortunate thing of being head and body, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like for me, it's mostly head. Um, I feel like uh -huh. I do have racing thoughts. I will kind of return to something over and over. I will... Um, I will kind of pick the scab in my mind or um, either I'll be thinking about it incessantly and not moving away from it. Or I'll have this other thing where I'll be just like dun, 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 going through my life and all of a sudden, bing, it like jolts me some like horrible thing that is, mm. it's like comes out of nowhere. And then I, I, I feel like washed over with a wave of negative feeling because something's just I've just remembered something that's really upsetting to me. So I feel like it almost kind of springs on me when I'm not aware that it's coming, which is also unpleasant. Well, you know what I this makes me think, though, is, and I know you're not big into meditation, but it would suggest that for those of us who have racing thoughts and are really in our heads, that meditation could help because that's such a head thing. Well, it could help, but there's also research that shows that for some people it doesn't help because it just creates wow. more room for them to have racing thoughts. So I think this is oh, a, this interesting. Is a, this is a situation where I think you really have to know yourself and think like, is this working for me? I mean, it might be that if you're very skillful at meditation, you could use it, but it might be that for someone who's beginning, it might be hard and maybe you would be better off doing something like going for a walk out in nature where there's like a lot going on and you can kind of try to calm your mind, but then there's also things happening. I do think for some people, like I always want to start with the concrete, like what I can mm. control on the outside. And so I very much am like, get more sleep, do 10 jumping jacks, listen to mm. upbeat music, reread a favorite work of children's literature or my favorite thing, which is go to bed early because I always really do mm. feel better the next day. So that's kind of using the body to minister to the mind. That's what works for me more than uh, like kind of directly trying to think about it. I think making a list of the things that bother me, like that helps my racing thoughts more than other approaches that people try. For sure, for people who feel it in their body, I think exercise yes. is key, right? I mean, if you're someone, even if you, your stomach feels sick, um, like, well, how can I exercise? I feel like I'm going to throw up. I'm sure you'll feel better if you do exercise. Now, and it's interesting when they talk to people who've had exer who exercise consistently over a long period of time, many, many of those people say that they, uh, they exercise for emotional reasons and mental reasons mm. rather than physical reasons, that it really is a way to manage. Uh, it, can, it, it just kind of releases bad feelings. Um, if you're feeling mm. angry, if you're feeling worried, um, it kind of calms us down and energizes us at the same time, makes it easier to sleep. Um, it's kind of an outlet. I think maybe, I don't know about you, but do you feel like when you have like something's really upsetting you, it's almost like it needs to be expressed or like there needs to be an outlet for it. It needs to kind of wash through you Yeah. and exercise is a way it feels like it's kind of releasing that energy, um, that otherwise is kind of poisonous. Yeah. I think that's absolutely true, but yeah, getting it out. And for me, talking about something is very helpful. I need to talk about it and I need to be comforted. Yeah. Do you feel like 
it's important who you talk to. Like, they ha- do they have to be responding to you in the right way? Or do you feel like just the process of articulating your thoughts is a... That's an interesting thing where is that the body, is that the mind? Like, speaking through it, it's both. It's mm-hmm. like there is... There's no there, way to say. What do you think? Um... I well, I think that is the mind, um, and I I think almost anyone I talk to is helpful, uh-huh. truthfully. Um, but for sure, you know, like talking to you is probably one of the most helpful things because uh-huh. I know that you'll make me feel better and yeah. comfort me. <laughs> well, and I feel that way too. Yeah, no, about you, right? Yeah. Um, well, it's a very interesting question, and I think it's helpful to kind of, I think this is a know yourself better where if you see kind of how it shows up for you, then you can recognize it and be like, okay, yes, I I feel very upset about something. My stomach hurts. If I exercise, that'll make my stomach feel better. Instead of saying like, oh, my stomach hurts, I should go lie down on the sofa and like mull over what's upsetting me, Mm -hmm. you know? Exactly. Yeah. So no, or if you have racing thoughts, you could say things like, well, I know if I write down what's on my mind, that will help me feel better. Or if I call my sister, that will make me feel better. I think sometimes by sort of understanding how this stuff presents then it's easier yeah. to figure out, well, what should I do in response rather than feeling kind of passively controlled by negative emotion. Yeah, absolutely. Coming up, Gretchen gives herself a repeat demerit, but first this break. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Yeah, Jack has green light. And one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hut chore? Mm-hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. They have everything from Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans. They've got everything you want. I have the Saucy, which is a terrific saucepan. It has curved sides. It has a pouring spout. It has a lid. And it looks so elegant. It's really a pleasure just to look at it on the counter, even before we're using it. Yes, I love all the colors. Yeah. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code HAPPIER. That's greatjones.com, promo code HAPPIER. Okay, Gretchen, it is time for demerits and gold stars, and you are up this week with a happiness demerit. 
Melody, this is a repeat demerit. And, I, you know, now that we've been doing this show for four years, I think, like, it's starting, to, we're starting to see major themes develop. Um, yes, patterns emerge. Patterns emerge. And, you know, um, this is something that I know is a happiness stumbling block for me, but I just haven't been able to deal with it. Um, bec- you know, I take notes constantly. Um, I'm yes. a huge note taker. It's a big part of my process of reading. It's how I come up with my ideas for my books. And I also have a bunch of notes that aren't related to books. And um, I love to do it, but it does take a lot of time and mental energy. And because of my book tour, I've really fallen behind on my note taking. And Mm. the problem with note taking is that when I fall too far behind, it really starts to feel like a burden. Like it feels Mm -hmm. like I've got so much homework that I can't catch up with rather than kind of a joyful part of my process. And so it's too bad because it turns something that's usually fun, even if it's kind of a lot of work and challenging, into something where I feel almost like panicky or burdened by it. And I feel like it even unconsciously makes me want to read less because I'm like, the more I read, the further ahead I'll get. And then the more I'll have to catch up. And I don't like that. Is there any way you can do more note-taking on the road? Or is it just you're too drained? No, the problem is, is that a lot of times... um, like if I if I am taking notes, I finish the book, and so to bring the book with me, it's just like I'm just tra- trying to travel mm. light. So then I'd be br- be bringing a book that I've already read, and it just feels heavy. Mm. Um, but I mean, I could if I had room, like especially if I'm going on a shorter trip where I have more room. Maybe it would be worth it to just bring it for that purpose. I always feel like, well, if I've already read it, there's no I shouldn't read it. But you're right. Maybe I should just see this as a totally separate task. I could do that because actually it would be a good thing to do in a hotel room now that I'm not watching HGTV makeover shows because <laughs> um, it is it's not it's not as hard as original writing. Um, so right. it, it is kind of a good hotel room thing where it's a good use of time, but it's not so super taxing. That's a good idea. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do or especially right. a book that's like a paperback. I don't want there's I'll have like this giant right. hardback book. I'm not going to bring that, you know, but if I even cut my sl- my pile in half, I would be happy. Um, so let's okay, gold star. What's a gold star to think about? All right, Gretch, I am giving a gold star to text chains. Ooh. Um, specifically to the text chains I'm on. Um, because I'm on a few different text chains. Um, for example, one of them is with um, some moms in my class, in Jack's class at school. Um, and then another one, I was on a text chain for a March Madness, um, like what? brackets what? thing, which I don't even know Why what that are you is. you on that? <laughs> well, someone thought I might want to do it this year, fantasy, basketball, what, I don't know what it is. And I didn't do it, but I said, leave me on the text chain because I just enjoy everyone like trash talking each other, uh-huh. um, you know, as the <laughs> basketball games unfolded, which of course I didn't even know were happening. Right. Um, and like with the mom's text chain, I'm able to, you can get advice, throw out a question, just send something funny. It makes you feel connected. Or like I have a text chain with two of my best friends from college. Well, we may only pop up there every two months, but if something happens, you know, I know where to contact them. Right. And then they'll respond usually within like 30 seconds. Mm. So it just makes you more connected. It makes me feel more connected. And it's a way of um, getting to know people better too, new people. Right. If you have a text chain that's around something new. Um, 
Well, I think this is a great example. You know, people often talk about the problems of technology or how technology can diminish our our happiness. But this is a good example of how when you use it correctly, um, it actually can foster happiness, foster relationships by creating these like very easy, low level uh, convenient touch points, but that do make you feel more connected, whether it's like, you know, every once in a while you just reach out or like a group of people that maybe you don't know that well, but you sort of have a greater feeling of intimacy and connection because you're in this text chain together. Yeah, Gretch, you and mom and I have a text chain where we usually are just sending um, pictures of ourselves in different outfits. Yes, yes. To say, what do you think of this? Or here's what I wore to this party. Yeah. A lot of times I'll text pictures from a dressing room yes. at a store and say, should I buy this? Yes. Uh, and I love and it's that. Fun. It is. It's a kind of a form of update. It's just, it's like using technology to stay in touch with people in these little ways because I think it does, it really, it's disproportionate. Like it, it brings you more in closeness than you might think, given how insubstantial the actual, you know, line of text is, or it might even just be an image. Like, what do you think? Yeah. 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 Um, that's a great gold star. I love that one. Yeah. Yeah. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Don't overconsult. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed. And thank you to our engineer, Bob Tabador. Thank you to everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin. And I'm at Elizabeth Kraft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. If you like this show, please tell a friend and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, the resources for this week, if you want to get my Moment of Happiness newsletter, um, you will get a daily quote in your inbox every day, something about happiness or human nature. You can go to GretchenRubin.com slash hashtag newsletter. Yes, that's hashtag newsletter, a little weird. Um, to enter your email address, um, and uh, they'll, you'll get an option to customize which newsletters you want to receive. Um, the happiness quotation is called Daily Happiness Quotation. Um, now, my Four Tendencies course is now open all year round. Um, I know a lot of people want to go deeper into the Four Tendencies, um, so you can sign up and go at your own pace. Uh, so you can learn about your tendency and the tendencies of those around you at courses.gretchenrubin.com. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. So, Elizabeth, um, I got a great email from someone who's bringing her, her 12-year-old son um, is a big fan. And so they are coming to the Milwaukee live event. Isn't that great? Oh, that's so fun. We'll have to make sure we we meet him. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping a lot of people are road tripping to these because it's a great road trip. Yes, so fun. From the Onward Project. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. 
They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.